the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. This is week six in our series entitled Friends with the World, Enemies of God. And this series draws on a verse from the book of James, chapter four, verse four, which says, therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. In part one, we discussed our relationships with God, our understanding of his nature and our feelings about his love and the choices that we make in response to those perspectives. In part two, we discuss the crisis in masculinity and the fatherless, leaderless world in which we live at a time when we need faithful combat leaders guiding families and the community. In part three, we discuss the freedom we have as Christian Americans to make choices. And in part four, we leverage Christie's transformational coaching expertise to learn how people actually make choices. Part five last week, we asked why young people are leaving the church, and we did so to help us understand that we can learn from our children as well. So these shows are available by podcast on kkht.com or courageouschristianity.today. And today we have two special guests on the show, and they're hosts of a new radio show themselves on KKHT called Salt and Pepper Conversations. Pastor Aaron Thomas is the salt flavoring everything with scripture, and David Savage, author of The Savage Path, is the pepper. And together they take on often difficult conversations concerning men and society. And what I hope you'll hear today is that every conversation should begin by asking, what does scripture say? And as we take the opportunity at the intersection of our faith and the secular world to meet people, We will have conversations, and I'm hoping that the conversation that we have today will inform the way that we can actually do that to ensure that everything we do is profitable and it glorifies God. Pastor Aaron, David, welcome. 
Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm looking forward to a productive, healthy conversation. Excellent. And as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my tireless wingman. Hello, everyone, and welcome, gentlemen. Hi. Friends, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Aaron, will you please pray for us? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just come uh, before you once again, thanking you again for this day, which was not promised. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to speak boldly about your word and the things that are written in your book, the Bible. Lord, I pray and ask that you move every hindrance, every distraction, everything that would come against us or impede us from uh, talking about you, Lord. I pray that you open up our listeners' ears to hear and receive you. Mostly, Lord, I pray that you be glorified, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, congratulations on your new show. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. I think it's so necessary as we talk about men's issues. We actually had uh, a show that was about men's issues, and also that we help people to understand that Scripture is not what we do on Sunday for an hour. Come on. It is... Our book of rules of engagement, and it explains uh, the commander's intent, which uh, we talked about a little bit before the show. And and, uh, those of you who've listened to the show before know that we uh, talk about that a lot. Uh, We have a mission, but then there's a commander's intent for the mission. And uh, our mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And the commander's intent is in order to glorify God. And so we must ensure that everything we do at all times is glorifying unto God. And as you look on Scripture and you see maybe you're a little bit off track, maybe you got one wheel off the pavement, off the narrow road that leads to Christ, uh, it, it, it's okay. We are all sinners. No one is free from blame. Just reference Scripture and get right as soon as you can. I'm so, so thankful for Scripture. I, I am, too. <laughs> I and wouldn't I know what to do without show. it. <laughs> and and uh, tell us a little more about it. How did it come into being? Well, Aaron and I both have a, a passion for men, men's ministry, and, you know, you you don't have to pick up a paper, anything. You know, how even the idea of gender is so confusing today, and you've got a whole bunch of young men that are being raised without any role models. There's a lot of fatherlessness. Uh, I'm a step-parent. I've talked about that actually on on Christie's show after going through a divorce. And so what was in my heart in writing a book and and then, you know, collaborating with Aaron was to how can we reach young men and how can we teach young men? And so we decided to create this salt and pepper conversations. And what we wanted to do was uh, make sure people had an open mind when they came in. And so even though Aaron's the African-American, he's the salt because he's a pastor. <laughs> he Talk is, about it. He's supposed to be the salt and light. I'm more the guy out there who's been struggling, you know, with the dark thoughts uh, and with a hot temper. And that makes me the pepper. And I and I came alongside Dave because growing up without the Bible, without men willing to give me true principles to stand on, you know, I, I think is a huge miss. And today men aren't standing up talking about God. Um, as the authority in everything. And when you put God first, the uh, the author, perfecter of not only your faith, but of your life, uh, you have a better life, a more abundant life. 
And men need to know that. Heck, right. everybody needs to know that. Yeah. Yeah, there is true, there's, <laughs> right? true, there's true freedom and simplicity in just saying, what does God want from me? I'm going to do that. I'm not sure where it's all going to take me. I'm just going to take this next step in faith. And uh, I mentioned uh, last week that my nephew just became a Navy SEAL. He just got pinned. And he's got an amazing view of uh, hard work. He doesn't say, okay, I've got 10 miles to go. I've got nine miles to go. All he says is, I took a step. That's one less step I got to take. Right. And so I'm thinking if we always reference scripture and we just focused on the next right step, trusting the destination to God, I mean, how much simpler would things be? (laughs) Absolutely. And he says that he'll direct those steps if we just let him. Right. (laughs) Well, there's a course that uh, I've had at Second Baptist called Master Life, and it's, you know, it's saying you have to take every thought captive, you know, and have the mind of Christ. And that's basically the same thing that you're saying. And it's very hard because we just uh, let that clutch slip and it engages and we're just off because we want to be in control. And I have to admit, I have my own uh, control uh, issues, but it's it's from my scouting and i think richard you know military it's all about being prepared and so those are good things but we have to make sure that it's driven by you know a divine nature and, and not our own uh, our own will yeah and it's hard i think if you'd have seen me driving to the station this morning i was going a bit fast and i was <laughs> maybe driving a little bit aggressively and uh i had to call myself on it and I had to say, if your name and phone number were on the back of this car, how would you be doing right now? And so I was wrong. And like you've heard me say uh, already once this morning, it's okay to be wrong. The sooner you decide you're wrong, the sooner you can get right. And the way you decide you're wrong is you look at Scripture. And Pastor Jeff Neal, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, said the Bible is first a mirror and then it's a window. And I love that because when you look into that mirror, you have to stand in the glare of the truth. And by the way, one of Jesus's first words of his ministry was repent. Well, to repent, to come to the foot of the cross, you have to absolutely be accountable. And so what are we accountable to? We're accountable to scripture. And, and you're so right. We need that. We're supposed to be leaders in society as men. And that, yeah, that's what we're, we're called to do. That's. That's the call of discipleship, and that's the call of fatherhood, right? Uh, I always like it. I think of it like this. Jesus said, everything I do, I saw the Father do. Mm. Everything I say, I heard the Father say. And he's saying, uh, and that example for us as men, um, as as Christians, because I don't want to just confine it to, to men as Christians, is we do and say what the Father does and says so that the ones watching us can do and say what the father did and says and continue to make disciples that make disciples that he be glorified. Right. Jesus says, um, I think it's, uh, John, it's in the book of John. Read the whole thing. Uh, if you don't find it, talk to me, but he says, uh, by this, my father is glorified that you produce, uh, much fruit. Right. And that you are my disciples. He gets to see it by the way we live our life. And the way we live right. our life, like you said, is by the manual, the handbook, the guidebook. The you can't Bible get good God. fruit from a bad tree. No. You can't get bad fruit from a good tree. No, you cannot. Um, we were talking before the show, and Pastor Aaron uh, noted that in my intro, 
I said Christian Americans, and we were talking about bringing our faith to our secular lives. We are first Christians, and then we're Americans. We are Christians at the voting booth. We are Christians in the way we spend our money. And I think that was such an important distinction. I've probably written it a thousand times, but I've never actually thought about mentioning it because for me, that's just, I take it for granted. But but you make a good point. And I think a lot of people are coming to faith from the secular side as opposed to coming to the secular side from faith. The way we <laughs> flip-flop that is with Scripture. Absolutely. Does well, that make sense? It ties into the Scripture that you're referring to today in friendship with the world right. is enmity with God, right? Because if we put the if we put our position with the world as American, American first, American first, right? That means God second. And you find yourself at odds very easily, very easily, right? You, you, you have this, a worldly biblical view instead of biblical worldly view, mm. right? And that's where you get twisted up and that's where people get misled. Sounds good, right? It sounds good. It, it sounds like it, right? But it's not, it's not God good. And the only good is God. Right. You know, uh, what's interesting about that is I've often said that because I'm a Jew who was bar mitzvahed and raised Jewish, and then I come to the New Testament from the perspective of the Old Testament, it's extremely beneficial. And I look at Jesus very differently than many because of that. And here you've made a great point this morning when you say, as we view being Americans from the position of faith, as opposed to view faith from the position of American... It sounds semantic, but it's actually a very big deal. And friends, we're going to talk about that more with Pastor Aaron Thomas and David Savage when we come back in the second segment. Stay with us. Okay, I get that we all have our day. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. Eight zero zero four nine four zero, and for a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, "Right Makes Might: Forty Days to Courageous Christianity." You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. today. So, text to donate to two eight one eight hundred forty nine forty, or go to courageouschristianity.today. today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Bendelow, and that's me. And on the show with us today, Pastor Aaron and David Savage, who have their own show, Salt and Pepper Conversations, and they look at the world through Scripture and have difficult conversations with Scripture as the basis Uh, And basically what they do is what we're all supposed to do. As Christy will attest, in most every situation, I try to ask, what does Scripture say? And if at any point 
in any conversation or behavior or circumstance, I can't say that I am square with Scripture, then I have to make a change. You got two wheels off the pavement, and you need to get them all back on the pavement because life is hard. And so we're talking about the fact that we should look at the world as Christian Americans through the lens of faith, Scripture in all things. And uh, it's hard because you got to know Scripture first, right? And, and you got to do the work, as Christy likes to say. Yeah, you got to spend a little <laughs> time right. with God. And, and that should be glorious because Joshua tells us, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. And it shouldn't be homework because you're getting to know your father who maybe you didn't know. And before the show, Pastor Aaron was talking about his beautiful relationship that he has with the Lord because he didn't have a father. Would you tell us more about that? Right. Um, like I said, my biological father, I've never met him. He never had anything to do with me. And then the man that uh, my mother brought into my life uh, was an in and out dad, uh, wasn't a good man, had a lot of issues, had uh, severe PTSD, served in Nam, so he wasn't around. Um, I still know him. I, I still call him dad, but he wasn't much of a father per se, and definitely and not uh, growing me up. So I've always had these issues of abandonment, of uh, fear, of, and, and I have adopted my um, manliness, my masculinity from the world. All the things that I thought made me a real man, like I could drink with the best with them, fight uh, with all of them, uh, chase, uh, date any woman. I was this guy. And um, then I met Jesus. And he told me about his father. And he introduced me. And he, and he asked me if I wanted to become part of the family. First, I couldn't understand why he would want somebody like me and his family. But he said, I came just for you. I, and I started to think about that. And I cried out to God and and um, I got to know him and I fell in love with him because he was first in love with me. That's why he came and got me. And I right. and I and I hold on to that. And that's why I am. Um, I'm here. I, I'm thankful for this show that's willing to put God first and tell people that there is a father who is in heaven that sits high and looks low and um, wants us to uh, glorify him by coming back to him. Right. Yeah, and, and it's real. And I got to tell you, y'all, y'all would laugh at me because, as far as I'm concerned, God flies with me. He walks with me. Jesus helped me with a plumbing problem I had yesterday. Come on. I installed a <laughs> pot filler because I thought that was a cool thing to do on your day off, but it turned out to be kind of a uh, arduous thing. And at one point, they were it was leaking, and I said, "Jesus, would you just please help me fix this leak?" And I twisted the thing one more turn and it quit leaking. Mm. So he is good and it's real. And we've said before on the show, whether we had a great father or whether we didn't have a great father uh, shapes a little bit our relationship with God absolutely, uh, because it determines a little bit how we see God. And so I had a wonderful father. And so it's easy for me to think of God as a, as a loving, attentive father. And uh, for those who didn't have such great fathers, uh, it can be more challenging to know that you are loved and God is interested and he's, his face is always turned toward you. And so I can't imagine how that felt to you, Pastor Aaron, uh, just that unconditional, completely interested 
uh, I made you kind of love. It's 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 overwhelming. Um, when when I think about it on a daily basis, especially when I get caught up in my flesh, mm-hmm. right? Um, and 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 the enemy, the whispers of the enemy. When I'm in the battle, and he's, well, you know, he doesn't really love you. You know, right? You keep you keep messing up because, like you said, we're just sinners. Saved by grace through faith in Christ. Right. Right. I tell people I'm a pastor because God knew he had to keep me talking about him, talking to him, walking with <laughs> I him. I love that. To keep me from talking about the world, being in the world and walking in the world. And and so I'm just overwhelmed that his presence. He said, Lo, I will be with you always. Like you say, where you were fixing uh, your plumbing issue. He's there when when when, when I think he's not. And he shows up and taps me on the shoulder. Uh, I get a text or a praise song comes on. He goes, I'm right here. I got you. And for somebody like me to know that and experience that on a regular, uh, a daily basis, it is truly one of those things that um, just keeps me humble and keeps me excited about my dad. Yeah, you know, and the fantastic thing about it is it's love and it's unconditional love. But there's also accountability. Oh, come on. And we live in a society that doesn't want to be accountable for anything. And it will blame race. It will blame gender. It will blame my parents. I'll even blame my grandparents if I need to. And the truth of the matter is we don't want to stand, as I like to say, in the glare of that truth. And so you're loved, but it doesn't mean what you're doing is right. And what we're really going to talk about is your heart's response to that love. In the choices that you make to either be friends with the world and enemies of God or friends with God and be willing to, uh, it's kind of like high school. Sometimes when you want to do the right thing, it makes people not like you, but it doesn't mean I'm going to not do the right thing. You know what I heard in there? Obviously choices. I always go there, (laughs) but you know, there, there's the, there's God coming to us and filling us with his love and loving us. He first loved us. But we also have to engage in that accountability. It's a relationship. It's a two-way street. And at any given moment, we can choose to stop, just like Richard did, and pray about something, you know, that we may not think Jesus would come in and intervene in, but, you know, of pot filler, right? And, you know, here's the nutty thing. If you're forgiven, then why do you have to be scared about being wrong? If you're forgiven and unconditionally loved... Wouldn't you be more interested in looking at everything and saying, oh, this isn't right. I'm not doing right. It says I got to be loving. And here you are driving impatiently and you're driving like a bit of a jerk. Just stop right now. Ask Jesus for help. Just slow down. Say a little prayer and start over. The sooner you recognize that you're wrong, the sooner you can get right. And yet still we are so uh, averse to accountability, especially accountability in the Word. And uh, I think it's because we don't know the Word and because we don't want to stand in that truth. And I think we don't know what real love is either. We have we know it of the world, but we don't know the Father's love. That it will forgive you. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? I, I, I say I put on the suit of love, sacrificial, unconditional, intentional, and total. That's the way God loves me. And when I want to know what real love is, like you said, you know, we we don't uh, know love until we open up the scripture. And I read 
they use it as a wedding verse, but I read First um, Corinthians thirteen yep. four through eight, and yeah. I put my name in love to know if I'm being yeah, loving. That's a great exercise. Right. I remember. A, thanks for that reminder. I had a friend right, tell me to do that. It's powerful. really convicting. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's amazing. And to your point, you know, as Christians, no matter where we're on the scale, we know enough scripture to keep us right. Yeah. And it's we ignore what we know ah. rather than go to what we know. Yeah, pretending doesn't make it so. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely doesn't. And, you know, that's a, a very good point. And David wrote a poem, which he shared with us last night, which I think sums all of this up. And I would ask you, would you mind reading that for us? Sure, I'd I be think, happy to. I think uh, it kind of brings all of this. Uh, please go ahead. Well, I had read uh, Richard's book, The 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, and I really liked it. And I was going back, and I'd highlighted different things in it, and I thought about the program today. And I have this gift of poetry, and one of the things that that is the fact that you receive a gift from God is part of his love. And so we should share those gifts to share that love with others. So I titled it Courageous Christianity's Chorus. The Seven Deadly Sins, Together, Scheme against us all, the tempting treat, the honey trap, or anger in a brawl. The world of evil spirits, sharpened blades against their stones, were called as our Lord's warriors to his high and holy throne. Our actions must bear witness to acknowledge his design. Our faith must shape events to shine the light on the divine. The lust of flesh, the pride of life, are beckoning close at hand. The sword of truth, the shield of faith. Give us strength to stand. Friends of the world, we mustn't be their enemies of God. A warrior must be set apart, a lonely path they trod. To counter the insurgency is to go against the grain. It's our unity of purpose that they hope to rip and stain. Things of this world will bring us ever closer to our Lord, for only when in danger are we found to climb aboard. The fishing boat in stormy seas still rowing toward the light and learning how a twist of phrase can prove that right makes might. Wow. wow. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. I got to That's fantastic. I got to say, can we like put some uh, image with that and share that on our yeah. Facebook it's page? You. That's, that's a gift that for you. That is amazing. So oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you so you know, much. In the Marine Corps, we have an expression. It's called a forcing function. And things will happen that will force action. They'll force a response. And... Good things or bad things, you look at a forcing function and you say, how do I respond? You don't lament the fact that the enemy is doing this. You don't praise the fact that the enemy is doing this. You just say, what is real and how do I respond? And so the forcing functions in our lives, circumstances, people, voices, the news, lies, all of these things provoke... uh, require a response at the intersection of our faith in the secular world. And so they're forcing functions. And we have been promised that all things work together for good for those who love Christ and are, and are called according to his purpose. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So what we know in all of these forcing functions is that God will use these things for our betterment for the betterment of his kingdom, provided our eyes are focused on him. And that's that's the big proviso. 
because all things work together for good because we're focused on him and we're determined to be his children. And we're going to talk about that in the third segment. Stay with us. I was dying to be free. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now, our veterans need your help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mendelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and we're talking to Pastor Aaron Thomas and David Savage of Salt and Pepper Conversations, a new radio show here at KKHC.com. And they tackle difficult issues, and especially issues around men, and they use Scripture as the foundation for that. And right before the break, David read us a beautiful poem that he has written, which really does encapsulate courageous Christianity. And he was talking about the image of the man rowing out in a rowboat from the lighthouse. And that lighthouse is Jesus, and it's God, and it's his word. And we have to keep our eyes focused on that, because as you know, you row a rowboat backwards. So as you row out into the ocean, your back is toward the darkness. And you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, and that lets you pull square, and you're out there to pick up those who are lost. You're not there to judge them. You're not there to uh, make excuses. You're just there to help them. And that lighthouse is Scripture, and it's the Bible, and it's the Word of God. And uh, 
How does that strike you? It's about Scripture, right, Pastor Aaron? Always defer to go to Scripture. Always choosing God over anything in the world. Uh, God said it. That settles it. I believe it. We're good. You know? I love that. It's where it gets to because if not, and we listen to the world, we'll choose the things of this world. I like the way you said that. I've heard it said before, and correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, but God said it, I believe it, and then I forgot the third part, but it's, um, there's something in between, but you said it, God said it, I believe it. There's some people that like, I'm going to. I'm going to like maybe rationalize it a little bit. And there's one step in the middle. Do you remember? Yeah, no, uh, you're right. I can't remember what it is, but I do remember what C.S. Lewis said, which I think is wonderful when he said either it's all true or none of it's true because Jesus was Mm, either a crackpot or he was the (laughs) son of God because he said, I am the son of God. And so normal people don't say that. And so he either was or he was loony. Well, we know he wasn't loony. And so can I add something to that? Absolutely. Just because I I definitely want to put this out there. And when Jesus said that he was speaking to a bunch of Jewish people and they knew at that time, not only was he saying that he was the son of God, the Messiah, the anointed one, he was also saying he was God. And that's something that we definitely need to um put out there we need to uh, allow people to realize the audience that he was spoken to wasn't written to us american people and so when we translate and read that in our understanding uh we miss that right because in john eight fifty eight, they wanted to stone him they said not uh not because of miracles but we want to stone you because you make yourself equal to god mm. Right. Well, that's the work of the devil to lead people to believe that Christianity is separate from Judaism, because if you can divide a force, then that's that's the best thing and the first thing you want to do. And so we've actually allowed that to happen. So when people say without thinking that um, uh, the Jews killed Jesus, that's (laughs) absolutely ludicrous. It's like saying white people started World War Two. Come on. Well, that that makes no sense. They were all Jews back then. So how much sense does it make to say a Jew killed Jesus? And we got to look at these things and we can't allow it. And we have to go to scripture and then scripture will tell us what is real. Um, uh, let me propose this and see what you think of it. If we see God in every moment of our days. So we talked about forcing functions, right? So we go through the day. And if we see God in every moment of our days, then whatever happens it pushes us closer to God. Right. Right? And as we come to God, by faith, we realize for Christians it's about the process. It's not about the outcome. So uh, in the show that we did before the election, we were talking about the fact that Christians have become overly concerned with outcomes. And we're not in the outcome business. God handles the outcomes. We're in the process business. We're not in the like business. We're in the love business. And so if you're not invested in the outcome, if you're so deeply invested in the process, which is to walk each day in faith by scripture, then hey, wherever that leads, that's cool with me because that's where God wants me to be. And so I think if we did that without worry, without fear of being uh, wrong or right, just in the process, 
So uh, I said on the other show, uh, as a captain at an airline, I will brief the first officer and I will say, if I do anything wrong, I want you to call me on it. And you can just ask a question. Hey, did you mean to touch that button? You're not allowed to touch that right now. And I'm totally cool with that because the sooner I know I'm wrong, the sooner I can get right. There you go. How do you feel about that? That oversimplification? No, I think the uh, the course correction is always, you know, we sin, we're human, all of us. And it's just how quickly you can recognize it. And you seem to be a very disciplined person, Richard. You know, so you, like even with your driving, you know, there's not someone else there, or maybe someone honked at you or you got a unfriendly gesture or something that, that triggered your, your <laughs> no, self-awareness. I just decided but, I was being a jerk. Well, that's very unusual. That's extraordinary. You know, so I was a manager. Maybe I got a lot of practice at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was a manager of our whole North American sales force and they gave us a book. This is a secular, but it was called the bringing out the best in people, the ABCs. And it was antecedent behavior and consequence. And so this force function, it's the same thing. So there's some antecedent that requires a behavior, and then there's going to be a consequence of that behavior. So if we can just insert that step of capturing every thought, you know, and having the mind of Christ so that you're filtering it and then you're, you're keeping your mouth shut, you're, you're processing it through Scripture. I'm not that good at it yet. I'm not, I'm not a pastor. You know, I know the Bible quite well, but I need to be better in my daily habits of just keeping my mouth shut. That's what's hard for me. I just have to Well, you know, combat's the confusing, tongue. and the enemy's not going to sit there uh, and watch you do right things. The enemy is going to provoke because it wants to provoke a wrong response. It's like some guy with his YouTube camera who wants to treat police disrespectfully, and then when the policeman reacts, they want it all on, on the video. And everybody's wrong in that situation. Mm-hmm. It provokes so, through the world. Exactly right. Exactly. So, So... We are not, the enemy is not so weak that we can afford to be divided. The enemy is not so weak that he gets up late. He's up early. He's working on it all day and he goes to sleep late. And as, as Christian warriors, we're in the fight and we've got to be equally intentional and being intentional and reading the Bible doesn't make you right, but loving God lets you be honest about when you're wrong. And uh, I'll say it again. I'm just so desirous of being right and pleasing God and having him look down on me and say, I'm proud of my boy, that I don't mind being wrong. I think sometimes, too, though, uh, obviously the Bible is the first place to go, but there's more to that. If we're talking about friends with God, well, I always reverse it, but being enemies of God by, by by following the world, then we have to begin to remove some of the world from our lives. Like, so what we feed our mind with, what we listen to. Right. As okay. a Good transformational defense. Now coach. you're meddling. <laughs> Sorry. Right? That's what, but yeah, that's, that's you know, think point. about it like a relationship, though, with Jesus Christ. I mean, he wants us to choose him every second of the day. And if we're choosing what's spewed out there on the media and on our radio stations, then it's really not going to put us in a best, best, the best position to be in that best place for that relationship. Yeah, You know what? This is a very important point that we're making. We talk about salt and pepper conversations, and basically you're using scripture to look at difficult conversations. And what we know about the intersection of our faith and the secular world is that it's, it's a battleground. It's dangerous ground. It's critical terrain. It's a classroom. Somebody's going to get changed at that intersection. It's either going to be you or it's going to be the world. 
And that's the opportunity that we have as uh, Christians, is at that intersection, in that classroom, we're going to conduct class. And what we're going to use for the curriculum and the lesson plan is Scripture. And that Scripture isn't for the other person. That Scripture is first for us. It's first a mirror. And if we're wrong, then in that classroom, we're just teaching people why they don't want to be Christians. And if we're accountable, then in that classroom, we're teaching people, wow, I want some of that uh, accountability. I want some of that integrity. You know what integrity means? It means wholeness. And we all want to be whole. And if you look around at this world, you see people who are so incomplete, and they're trying to fill the holes with all of these things. Of the world. And if we can bring ourselves to the integrity of Scripture and wholeness in the love of Christ, then all the good that we can do begins there. Yeah. What, am, is that lollipops? No, that was, <laughs> no that was, that's real. That's meat well potatoes said. for me, baby. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to eat on that all day because that's what it comes down to, the, the wholeness of Scripture and, and trusting it. And we can trust the trust. outcome. And that's a choice. Great point. We trust the outcome because we serve a risen Savior. Amen. That no weapon formed against us prospers if we stay in the Word of God, if we stay in the righteousness of God. And like you said, and when we... Find out that we're outside of that. Come back to the table. And Come look at right every, back to it. Absolutely. Amen. And look at everything that happens through that lens. So, for example, before the show we were talking about, here's an example. Scripture says that uh, we should treat foreigners in our own land as native-born sons. Um, you were once foreigners in Egypt. Do not take advantage of foreigners, uh, thus saith the Lord. So how do you look at immigration? How do you look at illegal immigration? How do you look at border issues? It should start first with Leviticus 19, verse 33. And we'll talk about that in the final segment. Come on back. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. And we are talking with Pastor Aaron Thomas and David Savage of Salt and Pepper Conversations. That's the name of their new radio show. And they use scripture to look at all kinds of difficult conversations, especially around men's issues. And David, how does a listener find your show? So our show is... On KKHT 100.7 FM, it airs at 3 o'clock on Sundays, 
We also, you know, could be found on the iHeartRadio, the KKHT app, and the podcast of Apple. So you can go look for Salt and Pepper Conversations. And then our email address is saltandpepperconversations at gmail.com. And your Sunday's at what time? At 3 o'clock. 3, three o'clock on the station. Mm-hmm. And Spotify, if you go on uh, their podcast, we're also on there, Salt and Pepper conversations so uh check well, I've us listened out. to it it's fun it's it's a it's a great show we're having a good time with it thank you thank you well that's fantastic and we're talking about scripture and we're talking about how it's our starting place and we're saying basically if you look at it that a new believer comes to faith comes to christ finds that unconditional love And John chapter 1 tells us that he gives us the right to become sons of God and daughters also. And so in that becoming, we have to evolve and we have to grow and we have to mature. We don't want to be like Paul says, that we're still having spiritual milk when we should be on solid food. And that maturing and that becoming takes place in the study of the Word. And it takes place as we... Uh, deeply desire to know God better. And then I think a lot of times people think that faith is about them and they forget that in, uh, in atonement and as you come to that place of forgiveness and as you cross the bridge back to God, you now should be asking, how may I serve you, Lord? And uh, he will make that clear as you read the scripture. So, Uh, Joshua said, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. And that's what we're talking about because it's a confusing world. And the only way that we can make things more black and white is if we read the book and then don't just be, be readers of the word, be doers also, then we got to do it. I think it also, you know, it's a living and breathing and it changes. And so it's not just reading it once. Uh, Just yesterday I was uh, listening to the audible version of the Bible and walking. I didn't want to listen to music. I didn't want to listen to another so-called book on tape. And so I started from Genesis and it was really interesting to, and I've studied the first five books of the Bible and the old Testament and all of that, but I heard some new things and I know this is going to sound a little bit silly, but it made me, you know, it's talking about Moses and the ark and all that. (laughs) And it made me want to go watch Evan almighty. (laughs) And I saw in, and here's my point. I saw in that, movie different things this time. So it opens our eyes when we read the Bible throughout our life, different times in in just consuming it. I think we were talking about that before, that spiritual food, that meat and potatoes. It's just so good. Yeah, it's a lot like a country song when you listen to it and then (laughs) all of a sudden you hear something you never heard before. Like, (laughs) can't get it out of your mind. Yeah, he's talking about his pickup truck and his dog and I always thought he was talking about something else. But (laughs) Well, I think the pandemic offered us an opportunity because everything stopped. People quit traveling for work. Everyone was working from home. A lot of the sports that were uh, people occupied, you know, all this leisure time that we have that was filled with other things, worldly things, were no longer available. And so my goal, and I'm actually working on maybe another book, is is how to teach people to wean themselves from the world. Mm. Because you're used to things. And then you have to say, okay, now I've got this time. How am I going to fill that time? Obviously, you should be studying the Word. If it's new to you, you should be in the Word. But, you know, I shared some songs, you know, for example. I went back and rediscovered some of my old music and just said, I'm not going to watch some of these 
shows. I'm not going to watch the news anymore. It's just getting me all lathered up. It's not good for me. So I have to wean myself from the yeah. world. You know, I often think of this is going to sound crazy. I often think of Christianity as a special operations branch of the Judeo-Christian ethic because the truth of the matter is I don't think I can't think of another religion that has an offensive mission. Mm-hmm. And Christianity actually has an offensive mission to go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. So it will require that we come in contact with those who are not healthy. And those are people of the world. And at that intersection where we meet them, as we said before, somebody's going to get changed. And that brings about the fact that offense requires defense. We have to be the right person. We have to be the person we're supposed to be. And so when you talk about what you've just said, David, what comes to my mind is, first and foremost, I've got to defend against the enemy. I've got to spend time with God. I've got to be in the scripture. I've got to be the person I'm supposed to be so that I can go out there and do my job. This whole thing is not about just me spending a lifetime becoming the person I'm supposed to be because that would be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I wouldn't get the job done at all. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. be defensive, uh, start with scripture, accountability, repentance at the foot of the cross And then eventually you've got to say, Lord, how can I serve you? You've done so much for me. And that's when you go and do your offensive mission. We've got the offensive player of the year right here, Aaron. I don't know about it that, but I do know this. My only offensive weapon is the word of God. Mm. And uh, you being a military, understand that you have to know your weapon inside and out. Right. You have to know how it works. You have to know how, how it feels. Um, uh, my pastor dad, he uh, he's ex-military, ex-state police, CIA, as all did all this crazy stuff. And he talks about the repetition of pulling and drawing his gun. Slow and does, smooth, smooth as fast. He, he says unconsciously. Right. He goes, I never mistake one weapon from another. I know the weight, the feel and everything. And, that, and that's me with the Bible. I want to know my weapon. I want to study to show myself approved. I want to be ready to stand on that line and fight, uh, uh, quench the fiery darts of the devil by throwing the water of God on it every time it comes at me. The sword of truth. That's it. Exactly. And, and, and so that studying that knowing my weapon, right, um, so that I can stand and knowing God and, and disassociating myself with the things of the world right. because they're distractions. A man, a man at war doesn't pay. He doesn't worry about what right. the enemy's doing. He got to worry about what he's doing. He studies his enemy so he knows how to overcome him. So I study my word because my enemy uh, is real, and I and I have to be prepared. And I understand that I'm in his territory. This is hostile territory for right. a Christian. And if you don't get that, you you get too comfortable. And you start accepting uh, things that you shouldn't accept. And you start acclimating yourself to the surroundings to where you start to blend. And it becomes, you become part of it and it becomes part of you. But you don't belong here. And when it figures that out, it will destroy you because right. you do not belong here. And so I'm always yeah, thinking people don't want to hear terms. the truth. Yeah, they, no. no. Yeah, no, I no, love no. that. Uh, I think it was Orwell who said, the further society drifts from the truth, the more it hates those who speak it. And that's the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And we also do it to make sure that we're not off on a tangent and that I'm not speaking about the book of Richard Mendelow, 
but rather the Word of God, to which we are all accountable now and forever. And our moment of truth today comes from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, which says, Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. And I bring this up because of that intersection where we're going to be bombarded by the world, and it's an opportunity, and it's a place where we're going to do good. And if we get annoyed, and if we allow fools to control that dialogue, then none of the good that we can do is going to come. And so that brings us to our quote of the day, which is a Chinese proverb, which says, I have often regretted opening my mouth. I have never regretted keeping it closed. One of the biggest decisions that you face in combat is whether to uh, engage. Uh, Is this going to be profitable? Is this going to advance my mission? Or is this a distraction and a detour? So friends, if fools show their annoyance and a wise man knows when to keep his mouth shut, you would think things are easy, right? But they're not. The problem is that at the intersection of our faith and the secular world, we will meet both fools and those who are ready to learn about Christ. So how do we know the difference? How do we know to engage? How do we know not to uh, give away that which we, we need? Because you can't give away what you don't have. So if we squander it here, we don't have it to spend somewhere else at the appointed place and time according to God. So how do we know the difference? Well, that's where we have to listen. We have to ask people questions. We've got to come at things more slowly. Uh, We can't let the world set the pace because it will set a pace that does not allow us to be intentional. And so we've got to look at people. We've got to see them. We've got to uh, lead with our hearts and think about all the good that we can do in compassion. None of us are uh, without sin. None of us are without blame. But we're all accountable. And so... Our opportunity is going to be in the heart that we bring to things. And I was thinking about heart the other day, and, you know, anybody can make a computer that thinks, and that is basically like our mind. And it's why I think God's not all that interested in our mind, because the thing that you really can't make is a heart. The thing that you really can't make is a heart that responds with free will in kindness for the good that it can do. Not likeness. And so I think, uh, not niceness, but kindness. Exactly right. And I think uh, even God is obsessed with the human heart. And so we know what evil lurks in the human heart, and then we also know that we are surrounded by good and people doing good. So this is important because Christians have to engage the world. And it's our job, but we cannot be conformed to the world. And the Word of God is our guide. And by the way, if you ask somebody what Scripture says and they tell you that they don't care, that they don't want to hear it, there's an opportunity for you to disengage and walk away, lest you spend what you need elsewhere. So whether or not we walk or engage, start with the Word of God, first in the way you conduct yourself, second in what you say, and third in the way you look at things. And that is Courageous Christianity. Pastor Aaron and David, thank you so much for being our guests today. Thanks Thanks for having us. Congratulations on your show. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Fight.